Movable Objects, episode number 11. Strenuous Man Flurry here, talking about an incredible program put on by the WWF in 1991. Tastefully done, supported our troops, really let them know that uh, we, we love them and everything they do and appreciate that they fight for our freedom in the Gulf Coast here in 1991 at the height of the Gulf War. And we're going to talk about a show that celebrated that, that showcased a true patriot, someone who really cares about all the men and women overseas and here at home, Hulk Hogan, the Christ figure of World Wrestling Federation. Uh, again, my name is Strenuous Man Fleury, joined as always by the Wiley Cramine. And Cramine, real brief strokes for you. Uh, what did you think of the show? Um... Yeah, I thought there was sort of a spectrum of taste and restraint displayed on this show. Um, sometimes there was a modicum of taste and restraint, and we'll get to it. Other times, frequently, there was no restraint, no taste. It was just, just, just Hulkamania. Pure... Hulkamania running wild on my TV screen. Hulkamania with his surface-to-air missile interceptors. Incredible. <laughs> the fucking, his... like, the, the, the Hogan Industrial Complex running wild all over the Middle East. So, for you kids who might not have heard about this thing called the Gulf War, you see, in 1991, Iraq invaded Kuwait... And uh, America came in and uh, blew up a lot of tanks and a lot of people as they retreated. There was, it, was a, it was a very bloody and brutal affair. And, well, WWF thought to uh, take advantage of this by turning Sergeant Slaughter, beloved Sergeant Slaughter, heel as an Iraqi sympathizer. He got General Adnan as his, I don't know the term, it's not mouthpiece, but... No, commanding officer. His commanding officer, his general... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, eventually, he's joined by Colonel Mustafa at some point. Yeah, I don't understand why the world champion guy is, like, the lowest ranked of the stable. <laughs> like, the one guy who's, like, the, the wrestler. Like, well, it's yep. one... Th and for another thing, I don't know, man. I watched a lot of MASH. I feel like generals aren't, and that's the basis of everything I know about the Army. Mm -hmm. Um... That's as deep an understanding, I guess, as I've ever needed. Um, but I feel like generals aren't marching sergeants down for their fucking circus clown show wrestling matches. Well, that, in America, yeah, but... This show just takes a strange view of military service in general, I feel like. <laughs> so this aired February 1st, 1991... America was already overseas, and there was there was bombings happening. And well, we've basically been overseas since certainly 1945, <laughs> earlier even. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, um, you know. And the specter stalking uh, the WWF right now is that this angle did not do business, and very recently, around this time, they announced or tried not to announce, tried to make a change without announcing a change that the show is now moving 
uh, it was it was originally at the L.A. Sports, or sorry, the L.A. Memorial Coliseum, and it was being moved to the L.A. Sports Arena, which is a difference of approximately ninety thousand people, give or take a few. <laughs> One fake WrestleMania three worth of people. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost exactly that yeah. gimmick number. Yeah. Almost exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, probably I'm, I'm sure much to the chagrin of uh, Mary Tyler Moore WrestleMania <laughs> is moving to a much smaller arena now this was not due to a sniper threat or security concerns the yeah. observer got all the scoops this is a rag sheet brother we call this a rag sheet um, so the arena uh, seats 15,500 people the Memorial Coliseum sits 105,000 people the tickets uh, that had to be refunded are zero. So there were fewer than 15,500 yeah. tickets sold uh, during, you know, when they announced well, this move. And there's something to be said for, I, and I don't honestly know the number for WrestleMania off the top of my head, but, uh, you know, if they were able to get 15,000 off of this shit, I think that speaks to the drawing power of Hulk Hogan. Pretty, or, yeah. or or the name WrestleMania or whatever, you know. But both of those things, certainly. Those yes, two with, certainly work in conjunction with each other, right? This all-time bad taste, bad faith angle that they were almost able to fill this 15,000-seat arena. But, and that's the thing, though, is that when I think, and not to go on a tangent, but in terms of, like, all-time bad taste angles... I've seen like so much worse at the same time, you know, Katie Vick and, uh, you oh. know, I guess this is like a prolonged thing though. Right. This is their big money angle yeah. going Allegedly. into their big show. Yeah. It's the... so money that they had to reduce the size. <laughs> they, they had to like pinch zoom on, on their iPhone screen to shrink the arena. Well, they they got a little got a little buyer's remorse from this angle, but by God, they're going to stick with it until it's six feet under. So that's where we find ourselves. The main event five, which is not a Saturday night's main event. It's a Friday night's primetime show, uh, which actually did a six point seven rating, which is a horrendous number for WWF at this point, And there's a reason why. Their shows stop appearing in NBC, I think, in 1991. They moved to Fox, right? Uh, Somewhere maybe. along the line they do. Well, they stopped doing Saturday night's yeah. event very uh, within a year. The last one, I think, is in 92. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the bloom appears to be off the rose at this point. Yeah, well, the show why? is... why? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the steroid thing, I'm sure, doesn't help. Oh, that's next that's, year, yeah. When that all blows up, yeah. Um, I think the rumblings of that start at the end of 91, but I, I don't remember. Well, we're going to live through it in real time as we continue on. We will and, get uh, we just Yeah, before we get into this show and start reviewing it, I just want to let everyone know that when we're back next week, it will be back to WCW. It's not WrestleMania just yet, as we go chronologically through all the pay-per-views and TV specials. Major WC TV specials, yeah. WCW is on deck for Wrestle War with a five-star War Games match. 
That'll be a hell of a palate cleanser before this one. And then we move on, and uh, I think we're at WrestleMania after that. But we'll talk about it when we get there. So, Cramine, yep. would you go ahead and tell everyone uh, about what we witnessed here on this show? Man. Uh, so we open with a f- like a photo montage set to Stars and Stripes Forever <laughs> of Hulk Hogan. It's okay. So on like a WCW show or most WWF shows, it would be like, and here's Hulk Hogan and here's the warrior and here's whoever, all your favorites, right? This was all just Hogan, like meeting with troops because he had just done the USO thing. Um, where he went to, you know, like, I don't know if it was, um, VA hospitals and, uh, you know, army bases at home. Um, cause remember originally the plan was, oh yeah, he's brother. He's going to go over there to like whatever base they're in, in Kuwait or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the state or defense or whatever department was like, don't the fuck do that. Also, please stop talking about Saddam Hussein on your TV show, (laughs) Um, which is what they did based on what I'm seeing here. You know, they didn't mention Iraq or Saddam. um, And Slaughter barely like talked about how bad America sucks. It was it was it was interesting. Yeah, they they were a few dog whistles, but that was about it. Yeah. Yeah. Just just sort of like acknowledging the presence of a war without saying right. what it was about. There was one dog whistle that sort of like dropped in frequency to where it's like, oh, dude, that one. But we'll get there when we get there. One of them was very glaring, a glaring dog whistle. My favorite, uh, this isn't even a dog whistle, but my favorite thing relating to war was in fact the Hulk missile. Yes. So Hulk Hogan in this montage of of this the us the uso stuff uh at one point we see him just holding like a sharpie and signing a fucking missile do you happen to recall what it said i just i just what, remember what hogan's Hulk ins- inscription was yeah it said <laughs> it said wwf hulka missile three exclamation points and then hulkster his little like hulkster signature Imagine, like, what I kept thinking of was the thing of, like, we hate Iron Man because, you know, it was Stark missiles that, like, <laughs> just destroyed my village or, or whatever. So I wonder if that's where, like, you know, that's the origin story of, like, Muhammad Hassan or something in WWE canon. I wouldn't put it past them. Um, but this is, like, ridiculous. Yes. Right? Like, yes. it's not, I'm not, like, some fringe, like, pacifist weirdo here, right? This is appalling. <laughs> it's, it's, it's legitimately quite appalling. It's so, like... <sighs> My immediate thought I, was, uh, like, like, the, like, someone somewhere flying these, these jets that we have fired this missile, probably... Do do you think we blew someone up, like with, on, with the Hogan missile? I know. On, during the highway of death, do you think someone was like, "Hold on, hold on, I got the Hulk missile. I'm gonna take out this whole fucking tank cluster." And I mean, I, you know, I guess it's not all that different. For you know, they named the bombs I dropped on Hiroshima, so no, 
Maybe that's just a thing. Like, we'll let you name a missile, Hulkster. I don't know. Yeah, there, I mean, there's always been, like, you know, signing bombs and shit. I get that. Yeah. But it's, A, you don't got to show it on TV. It's gross. It yeah. sucks. Yeah. And, and it's it just, it was, it set the table for this whole show. Right. And I don't get the, like, uh, you know, I don't get the, like, warm, fuzzy goarmy.com feelings or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the, like, oh, the Hulk's, like, there's a war and Hogan does something nice for the troops. Cool. Like, I get that as, like, a babyface move for Hulk Hogan. Right. Y- you know? But when he's signing missiles and it's just like, oh, yeah, brother, all these pythons are like two big Patriot missiles. It's like, dude, nah, too too much, brother. Too much. What does what does a war have to do with pro wrestling? Other than wrestling has is, you know, has always combat. exploited that. Yeah, well, the, yeah that's they're true. Both, they're both forms of combat. Yeah. Right. So I get the, the the drawing that association. Don't write like I can't even I like I can't even think of a good analogy right now. Back to back fucking episodes of just the most bad faith, bad taste bullshit. Like the last one with Dusty. Right. If you want Hacksaw Jim Duggan to come down with yellow ribbons all over his two by four. Great. That fits. That's small. That's tasteful. Right. Uh But. I felt like I was being beaten over the head with a two by four (laughs) covered in yellow ribbons and painted with the stars and stripes with like, you know, an Iraqi flag with a big Ghostbusters no (laughs) symbol. (laughs) You know, you're not wrong, Crownline. So that's 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 like the thesis of this show. That's just the emotional journey you're on for the 45 or whatever minutes you spend watching it. Yeah. So come with us as we induce these feelings in you. Yeah. Now, I do want to say this. The the Saturday night's main event, because they use the same opening theme music. Mm-hmm. The theme music is just terrific. The montage of, the montage of like, whoever doing whatever. Here's our, like, five biggest stars and Sergeant Slaughter, because he's the champion. <laughs> Doing some stuff. Um, that that was like a nice chaser. You know? That was mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, a, 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 a shot of cheap... Uh, I was going to say tequila, but I'm trying to think of an American alcohol. Wh- a, a whiskey? Sh- oh, sh- cheap, shitty whiskey. Right, right. I like... Whiskey's good, but cheap, shitty American whiskey is very bad. Um, and then the like Saturday night's main event was just a, like, oh man, there's an orange soda. Nice, refre- like safe, disgusting, sugary, syrupy, nasty, gnarly, but it's so delicious and I love it. So <laughs> oh, I feel so much better. <laughs> right? Like that was what it felt like. Um, so we get Vincent Piper on commentary and, uh, they run down the show, they run down the matches. The big thing is Jack Tunney is going to announce who's going to wrestle for the title at WrestleMania. Oh, I wonder. I who wonder could it be? Who the fuck of the people I've seen on this show, who is the one of them? <laughs> we're we're going to find out. 
Yeah. We have no way of knowing. Yeah. Is it is it Duggan? Is it Warrior I, who's not even on the show? I I just about started cheering when he said Jim Duggan. <laughs> I I will get there. Oh man. The 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 main event segment of this show is something else. It sure is. Yeah. So uh, so they run down the matches, and when Vince says, well, we're going to get the Legion of Doom versus the Orient Express, and he, Roddy Piper says, well, now we're going to see how rice and fish stack up against meat and potatoes. Uh, okay. So, first of all, setting aside the, like, ha, 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 Japanese people eat whatever, like, other races eat different foods, like, gross, like, either way, it's like you're getting starch, fat, and protein, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's the same-ass meal. <laughs> like, stop being racist. Um, it's Roddy Piper. What do you expect? Oh, dude, it was so bad. And I maybe I tuned him out. <laughs> That's good for Piper, honestly. I, I think I was able to tune... Right. He's, <laughs> he's dreadful. Oh, oh, oh. Um, so he is wearing... Um, I didn't I, I didn't notice what he was wearing, you know, below whether he was in a you know a Roddy Piper kilt or or just like a pair of jeans or whatever, but he was wearing like this button-up shirt. Um and the buttons on all of his shirts were purely theoretical. <laughs> um, um he's he's wearing like a button-up shirt, you know, like a I don't know, a dress casual shirt or whatever. And a denim jacket. And they're both just boom, wide open. <laughs> He's trying to wear as little of these garments as possible. It appears to be a very hot building on top of all that, so I do uh, understand. So there's my Blassie nominee. <laughs> uh, my, my first Blassie nominee of the evening. So, our opening contest. We get Earthquake and Dino Bravo versus Tugboat and the Royal Hulkster himself, Hulk Hogan. Uh, Fred Ottman comes out the gate making a very strong case for the John Tenta Memorial Award for Cutest Wrestler on his entrance. Um, he's got these big beefy arms and he's tugging his toot toot horn and slapping five with the fans. And he's dressed like a sailor. So, like, what more do you want? He's a gigantic man dressed in a little kid's sailor suit. <laughs> Which makes him, which makes him a lot better than the Bruiser from the the WCW show we watched. You know what he really needs now that I'm thinking about it, just a big fucking lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> like that'll slap a lollipop in this dude's hand, and you've got my favorite gimmick of all time. Man, that would be awesome. Wouldn't it be fabulous? God. As long as he's not, as long as his promos are the same, right? As long as it's not a, like, man-child character. Right. So right? so long as, yeah, so long as his promos are merely terrible and not offensive. Um, are Fred Ottman's promos terrible? Or is he just kind of like, well, I don't know. I don't know oh. that it's his fault, but all of them are just like, I am a tugboat. Here is a tugboat noise. <laughs> I'm a boat. Well, everyone does those, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, every Jake Roberts promo is snake, 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 lunge, fangs, teeth, poison, venom, snake, you know. Yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. You're right. Um, and I, you know, bad example because Jake's 
a really good promo, but still, it's gimmick, gimmick, gimmick. Um, but, okay, so Hogan comes out, and the shot where, like, Hogan is standing at the top of the ramp, and the camera is, like, I think it's both zooming and tracking forward. Mm-hmm. Like, it's zooming in while the, you know, the cameraman is, like, pushing forward while he's at the top of the ramp. Mm-hmm. It's just the best. Oh, yeah. Do it all the time. Do it for Roman Reigns, and this guy would have had Hogan heat. I would have fucking loved this guy. You know what I mean? Like, it was so good, and I don't know why they're not doing it. And and the crowd, and now granted, maybe some of this was sweetening. I do not have a strong ear for that, right? But the crowd is going bug shit for him, and it's like, why did they take the title off of him? Because well, he was would... going he was he was going to film a movie. They needed someone for the house shows with the title. <sighs> that that's entirely why. Yeah. Well well then why'd they why didn't they just have him win it back at like SummerSlam or whatever? A good question. Well, you know, God, can you imagine what they would have drawn at SummerSlam? Instead, I mean, they did the earthquake angle, which I'm sure was cool and all, but like they should have just done the title match, and then they still could have done their weird fucking Iraq angle. Yeah, they really, they really, they really should have just done a warrior rematch. What's that? They really should have just done a warrior rematch at Mania. I mean, like. Hindsight oh, is twenty yeah, twenty, yeah, yeah. obviously. Well, okay. I mean, then what do you do with Savage? I guess is do you, <laughs> Savage Slaughter retirement match. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like that's the better match, but yeah. I think just the war happened and Vince couldn't help himself. Nope, he absolutely is what happened. Yeah, yeah. Thought he had the greatest angle of all time, and he was right. People just weren't ready for it. I don't hate this. (laughs) As much, like, I hate all the gung-ho of it all. Mm -hmm. But I don't mind the, like, I used to be, you know, an America guy. USA, yeah, go Sergeant Slaughter guy. Um, But now I've just turned. (laughs) And I love... Whoever the sort of bad guys of the war, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't mind that. The problem is those lines are usually drawn racially. Yes. You know, but it's that's partially maybe why it's funny to just be like to see this fucking goofball G.I. Joe guy in like Lawrence of Arabia, uh, you know, um, gear, outfit, whatever. Shout outs to the young lady in the crowd who's like desperately shouting and reaching for Hogan like it was 1964 and he was the entire Beatles. <laughs> uh, it was it was just terrific. Um all right, so I'm gonna ask you a personal question, man. You, can ask you are me. free to not answer it. Oh, okay. But what was your best subject in school? History or your favorite. History? Okay. Uh, Mine was uh, English, and then when they let me take theater, that. Mm. Um, So neither of us are math guys. Not at all. Uh, I hope you were 
as taken aback as I was when Roddy Piper asks, "Holy mo, you know how much to uh, how much does this guy weigh?" <laughs> so there's <laughs> so it's a, it's a good question, right? There's some beefy dudes in the right. You've got Earthquake and Tugboat, two big old boys, and then you got the muscly man, Dino Bravo and Hulk Hogan, right? That's right. So Piper is just like, wow, he's just feeding Vince, right? He's just asking Vince for, you know, stats or whatever. And so Vince does what I can only call Vince math. And he says, well, you've got the Quakester around the 460-pound mark. Bravo somewhere around 270. If my math is correct, that's about 1,287 pounds right there. My dude added two numbers that end in zero and got a number ending in seven. So I really feel like there's some sort of like algorithm or formula or function or whatever that we can get fucking Russell Crowe and Matt Damon to do their fucking goodwill, beautiful mind shit to figure out and that'll crack the Vince code. Just so there's some like Rosetta stone to the mind of Vince McMahon. I swear in these numbers, 460 plus 270 equals 1,287. He did Incredible. say that. I want Incredible. to give the, I want to give the benefit of the doubt and, and assume that he just, Added Hulk and smushed all four team or all four guys yep. together, right? But but Piper, without missing a beat, just accepts what, what Vince side? said. Yeah, how much the other side weigh? <laughs> They're like a paltry seven hundred and something pounds right. on the other he side. Says, well, we've got two big three hundred plus pounders, so close to seven hundred pounds, and that was like those numbers make sense to me. So combined. Now, we're at almost, I think, over a ton, or just about a we ton. We are at 1,987 pounds. 1,987. I think he was, this, this is a code. And He's doing that, that was the year of WrestleMania 3! <laughs> and then, as we noted earlier, the, wow. it was WrestleMania 3's gimmick attendance is how much they were not able to get for this WrestleMania. Wow. So he was talking in code there. We we figured we figured Vince out. So this was incredible. Yeah, this man with uh, and and layers that we are continuing to peel back, and and I think we'll be unpacking the the numerology of Vince maybe for a long time. We shall see. Um. So Hogan and Bravo start, and man, you know, shockingly, oh. shockingly, Hogan starts winning immediately. Um. And he and Tugboat do a, like, I'm going to punch him, and he staggers over to you, and you punch him, and we kind of, like, pinball him back and forth. Love it. So this facility, this building that they're in, is called the Macon Coliseum, correct? That is correct. This facility has no right to call itself a coliseum. <laughs> um, the difference between coliseums and arenas being a significant theme in this era of, of uh, WWF. Uh, this looked like the gym of, like, a large high school. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. we host, like, like one of the high schools that's big enough to host, like, regionals. <laughs> Kinda, uh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't much. Um, so then 
Tugboat tags in and he's like winning on the bad guys for a second, but then everyone's like, where's Poochie? And then Hogan comes back in. And then he he <laughs> I was I was having fun with my notes here. I wrote he tugs tagboat. Um just just for fun. Um <laughs> and that so so tugboat is like in the ring with Earthquake, and it's like, oh man, like the natural disasters, whatever, that's cool. And Earthquake does like a brogue kick. Yeah, a, ro- a rope, a rope-assisted brogue kick of sorts. It was a pump kick. Now, was listen, a pump kick. He pumped his legs. He only caught him in like the low gut, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but like whatever, it was awesome. I'm not asking this 400, this whatever it was, 460, which is somehow half of 1,287 pound guy to do. <laughs> To do, you know, uh, 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 Rockette-style high kicks. I just thought it was cool. Agreed. Yeah, and then uh, Tugboat is winning, but then Jimmy Hart hits him with the megaphone. We'll see after the break. Cool. Um, so, this is a body-positive podcast. Mm-hmm. But, I do not think it applies, right, to things that are choices. Right. Right. Clothing, hairstyles, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I've worked in um you know, back back in the day, I worked at a couple different supermarket delis, so I've encountered a lot of hot dogs. <laughs> People refer to Hulk Hogan's hot dog skin. Mhm. And I get that and I'm with it, but I would like to clarify it. Um, he looks specifically like an all beef hot dog Mm. that's been left in the display case for too long. Like, like, oh, those are the ones that like never go on sale and they're just kind of like getting brown and crusty in there, but specifically the all beef ones, right? Cause your regular, like, you know, whatever type Frankfurter hot dogs are kind of like pinkish and they're like mostly, oh, my voice crack, excuse me, but they're like mostly pork. Hogan's all beef, no pork in there. All beef Hogan. He's a he's a crusty brown beef hot dog. Um, that's been sitting in the case too long. He is at his most it's all beef, beef hot dog. Uh, yeah, I mean it's insane. Like WrestleMania three, four, five Hogan would be like positively ghostly. Speaking of Seamus, if he would look positively ghostly or ghoulish. So then Dino Bravo has Tugboat in this like hug lock the fuck was that this <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you noticed it it was this weird hybrid of like like a lockup like a collar and elbow or whatever and a front face lock and like an around the shoulders hug <laughs> so i didn't know what to call it but also hugging is cute so further evidence for tugboat to take home the cutest wrestler award mm. anyway um my man hugboat <laughs> powers through and he gets the tag but the ref is like you know whatever fucking around with the other heels so while he's telling Hogan to get out the heels double team him great classic Quackenbush style (laughs) (laughs) tag team action Uh, and then Earthquake's about to do his move you know the big sit on your sternum with my ass move on the tugboat but Hogan hits him with a clothesline 
and both the big guys are down. And Hogan is like on the apron, you know, freaking out, pumping up the crowd. And and all the fans are like losing it so much so that I probably realized later that this was most likely um, sweetening. The like sweetening is the explanation for this. Uh. But, I, but I like to believe that the fans are freaking out so much that they're like unable to pop when he actually gets the tag because they're already like at 11. You know what I mean? I, yeah, and I'll say this. If it was sweetening, uh, I, I, I need someone to explain the, the just visual of the crowd going berserk yeah, when Hogan yeah, gets yeah, in yeah. the ring. So if no, it was sweet- lo- Boy, yeah. they got all the Hulk Hogan they wanted on this show. All that they, and then, yeah. They were there for Hogan on this show. Oh, yeah. And also the double down with the big guys. Um <laughs> Earthquake, like the two of them just lying there, like a couple of like sleepy big boys, like, like oh they had so much fun today. They must be so sleepy. Like that's that's like the dad in me. <laughs> like that's sometimes what I see when I watch these matches. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe the natural disasters uh, split the Tento Award, like Bad News Brown and Bret Hart split the, <laughs> split the trophy at WrestleMania Four. Um, we'll get there. So. Hogan, after the hot tag, Hogan just goes right into his Hulk up, right? No time for me. I ain't got time to sell. Um, <laughs> so he punches Dino Bravo three times, and Vince says he's right on target like a Patriot missile. Oof. Uh, and then a big boot and a roll-up, because apparently Dino Bravo isn't even worth the leg drop. <laughs> Which is which is something. Uh, this gotta sure gotta was... keep him strong. Gotta keep him strong. <laughs> <laughs> right. My... my uh, my micro review is this sure was a Hulk Hogan tag match. This uh, is one of the few matches, tag matches you'll see Hulk Hogan in where he is better than all three of his com- opponents combined in wrestling ability. No offense yes. to anybody, but those I, three I, are not good. Everyone did what it wasn't smoke and mirrors, right? Right. But it was. Nobody was asked to do more than they could. It was never, like, embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Well, was, tug, Tugboat's punches from the apron to the ring. Tugboat's offense is really bad. Yeah, what about Earthquake's hug, too? Earthquake did what they called a bear hug, but was really, he put his hands on, Earth. Uh, tug, sorry, Earthquake put his hands on Tugboat's hips. And held them there for a second, and then headbutted him in the maybe chest. It's like a, maybe it's like a nerve hold. A nerve hold to his yeah. to, to his, his hips. side. Yeah, I don't know. I was I a little know. confused by that one, but yeah, like they did. Dino right. Bravo, uh, Hulk, Hogan. Hulk Hogan is the best technical wrestler in, in this match. Yeah, and and you and I like issues with Hulk Hogan aside, of course, about his. This personal... is not a pro Hulk Hogan podcast. <laughs> No, but I think it's fair to say not at all. But Hogan in 91 uh, is not he's not a bad wrestler. He gives he's, the crowd what they want and he gives them nothing more than that. Um, I would say his peak in match quality was probably around like 89 to 91, right? Probably. That's where like a lot of his best matches are. Mm-hmm. Like what are Hogan's best matches? Like the ones you want to rewatch, like Warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the angle with Savage. You know, I don't know, whatever. Um, Hogan versus Warrior 2 came a few years later, oh, but that was Halloween, almost as good. Halloween Havoc. Yeah, it has about the same rating, just there's a minus before it for some reason. It is really good. Uh, speaking of ratings, I gave this two and three quarters of a star. Oh, um yeah I, I, like i say i didn't think it was bad i got exactly what i was expecting and it never just crossed that threshold to good you know i'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up the Meltzer ratings but i believe this one got one star i am going to guess that yes yeah. i do have pop tarts in the other room so <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, I'll guess one Dave star. gave it one. Yeah. One star. Yeah, that's fair. That's uh, fair. So we get a flashback to the Royal Rumble where Savage is talking, you know, he was doing his, well, no matter who wins, Slaughter gave me a title match. Slaughter promised me one when he wins, and Sherry's about to go ask Warrior for one and then, like, offer to SSD or whatever. And then they show Sherry, like, doing her plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thankfully in an abridged format because it was a very long segment. And then they show the plan not working and then they show like the interference and the finish in the title match where Warrior loses the title to Iraq. <laughs> um, and it was great. It, it gave me in these in these like two minutes of footage, you know, to recap the Savage Warrior feud. I watched it and I was like, Oh yeah, well yeah, these two guys would fucking hate each other <laughs> right mm-hmm. now. So this was great, I thought. Just a really nice little boom 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 promo package. Nothing fancy, no fucking you know, uh, when a man's soul is dark and blah blah blah, you know? Yeah. It just get, I, and I don't mind the artsy fartsy stuff, don't get me wrong, but you know, this was great. Um then we get Mean Gene with Slaughter and Adnan. Adnan is, you know, shouting in Arabic be- because we have to have the, like, oh, that's they're speaking a different language. So that makes them, like, all the way evil. You know? Mm. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. How good a general is this guy anyway if they can spare him for WWF shows when there's well, a war going on? Right. I wonder if it's, like... Um, you know, I'm trying to think of, of like an honorary, like when they give a PhD to the guy who does the commencement speech, like an honorary doctorate to the guy who does the commencement speech or whatever. He's he's the general emeritus of the Or he's like, right. Is it one of those? Didn't he literally go to school with Saddam Hussein? Jesus Christ. I I don't know. He's, I think he's legit from Iraq, and I think you mentioned that eons ago on one of the shows. That I would say that and then forget it is very on brand. Yeah. Um, and it feels like they'd be about the same age, but who knows? And that could also just be pro wrestling, you know, oh yeah, he said he fucking went to school with Saddam Hussein. Whatever. <laughs> but um, I, I could buy that. I could certainly headcanon my way into thinking, eh, this guy's, like, shitty at military stuff, but he's, like, Saddam's buddy. Let him go do the wrestling thing. (laughs) 
you know? Sort yeah. of like how the Prince of Saudi Arabia was like, I want the Undertaker and the fat guy and the guy with the crown or whatever that line was. For uh, for the South, for the Crown Jewel shows. For okay. like the, whatever the first Saudi Arabia show was. Yeah, he was like, I want the Undertaker and then all these other guys, one of whom mm-hmm. is dead. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was crazy. So then Slaughter basically does his promo saying, well, it doesn't matter how I won the title. What matters is I'm champion, which is true. And we're playing by the new rules, my rules. And you might think that my rules suck, but I don't care. I'm a bad guy. Ha, ha, ha. I'm going to kick Jim Duggan's ass because I don't play by his rules and I'm a bad guy. Whatever. It was fine. You know, at Sergeant Slaughter. Like, this Slaughter gimmick is, is like, great as, like, a (laughs) mid-card level, like, jobber not quite job but you know what i mean like this would work at the intercontinental level like if this guy was feuding with the big boss man i'd be <laughs> <Sure>. like <laughs> you know what i mean i'd be like okay, <laughs> yeah okay cool like why is this man your world champion other than the fact that like hulk hogan has to like defeat him for fucking president bush or whatever you know i <laughs> just such a weird time a very weird time in our nation's history. Yeah, as reflected by pro wrestling. Um, so we get the match: Sergeant Slaughter defending his his ill-gotten world championship crown against uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hey, can I can I just again say that because this is something you pointed out the last time we had to sit through a Sergeant Slaughter promo. Uh, and I'll point it out here, but he said he'll be world champion for life, and that's an and order. That's an order, yeah. And yet again, that's not an order. That's well, a statement. Now, we're getting closer, though, right? So imagine for a moment that I'm in a restaurant, mm-hmm. right? And I say, now I would be a shitty customer if I did this, obviously, but if I said, I want. Uh, a, a diet soda and that's an order like obviously the the server would be like yeah i know shut up right <laughs> but we're getting closer to imperative statements at least i can kind of grammatically like fuck around hmm. you know what was the phrasing again he said this is what i wrote down yeah 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 <clears throat> I use unconventional rules. Form a coalition to stop me. I'll be world champion for life. And that's an order. We're getting closer. It's more about his... I'll be world champion. Yeah. Yeah, it's still not an imperative. It does no. just it doesn't work. You know, Cramine, maybe by mania he'll figure it out. And by maybe then, by it'll be too late. Yeah. You know, you'll all line up to kiss my boots, and that's an order. Like, you're so close, dude. You're so, I'm rooting. Honestly, who's the baby face here? Exactly. You know, Hulk Hogan trying to fucking fire missiles at orphans, or Sergeant Slaughter trying to learn English. <laughs> you know? Uh, he's a veteran. Yes, he's, he's not. No, is <laughs> he not? Really, I don't think he was actually in the military, uh, allegedly, but I'm not sure. I you, certainly you 
keep going with the review. I'll butt in when I get down to the bottom of this. All right, cool. So, uh, so Slaughter comes out and uh, Vince, you know, Slaughter's like in the ring doing his whatever before the match. And Vince says, Sergeant Slaughter may be one of the most unpopular champions of all time, but you've got to admit he is a very rugged wrestler, which is like Vince code for goddamn even I know this guy sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's pretty great. Uh, yeah. Then Hulk wears Poochie Hogan comes out with Duggan waving a flag because he's a lot like Michael Scott. Yeah. <laughs> like, like. <laughs> Like, like he can't stand like anyone else. Like, <laughs> and whenever anyone else says that's what she said, right? He's like, "That's my you stole that from me." And now I think that's what he feels about hacksaw Jim Duggan, because Shit. he's like, "No, brother, I need to be the American guy, and I'll at least like come out and be your America sidekick or whatever." Like, it's ridiculous. Hulk Hogan loves America, and when he heard Stars and Stripes come on yet again, he knew he had to be there wherever it, it was, was, waving an American flag. It was like the bat signal. Exactly that. Yeah, it's what he does, yeah. man. Fair enough. Fair enough. So the ref ejects Hogan during the break. So like, what was even the point? Like, you know, was Duggan not enough America for you? Because here's the thing. The man gives and gives and gives to this nation. As if Hacksaw Jim Duggan is Job and the USA is Old Testament God. (laughs) But then somehow, oh, oh, look, here comes whatever the biblical equivalent of Hulk Hogan is to just take over the entire story of Job. I hated it. Didn't need it. (laughs) Didn't need this much Hogan. No, no. Um, so the match starts with a lockup dug in, like wins the lockup and kind of shoves slaughter off and slaughter is doing the, Oh, he was pulling my hair. This is a world title match on primetime television. Mm-hmm. And this is what they're giving us. Uh, dude in the crowd with a Bart Simpson shirt, my second Blassie <laughs> nominee. I will always nominate the Simpson t-shirts <laughs> for the Blassie because they're just great. Were you um, were you doing the Bartman with them? Uh, nah. No? If you, if you can do the Bartman, you're bad like Michael Jackson. Oh. Um, yep. That's an actual line from the song. Have you ever actually listened to that entire album, The Simpsons Sing the Blues? I did not know there was a full album. Oh, it's it's like cringy as hell, and it's great. Did, did you know that the Wendy's Where's the Beef Woman put out a song? No. Was it just like like a techno re like, where's the beef? Like that kind of thing. Like, <laughs> what was her name? Claire, Claire, Claire or Clara? Clara Peller of WrestleMania 2 fame. That's right. Yes. Clara Peller song. Who, who Where's didn't the beef? know to talk into the microphone and waved it around like a scepter. Uh, there's a song by Clara Peller and Coyote McCloud called Where's the Beef? There's your bumper music. Oh, yeah. We definitely do bumper music on this show. <laughs> so. General Adnan is, like, doing his heel manager stuff on the apron, and, like, Duggan goes to deck him. 
he misses. And Adnan gets him in like the double chicken wing, you know, so Slaughter can hit him. But Duggan ducks and Slaughter hits Adnan. So in 10 seconds, they've made all three of these people, one of whom is the world heavyweight champion, look like absolute buffoons. He, yeah, he should be feuding with, with Big Boss Man. Now, the more, now that you've said that, I can't get it out of my head. Right, it's a mid-card gimmick. This isn't even an IC title feud, you know? You know, like, yeah, I mean, this is, this. it's wild. Absolutely wild that they thought they had something here. Uh, that Vince, probably Vince and Vince alone thought he had something here. Um, so Duggan, to his credit, uh, is he? He's just getting clocked by Slaughter, and he's bumping and feeding, bumping and feeding, and bumping and feeding, and he's doing everything he can to make Slaughter's shitty offense look good. And we'll get to Slaughter's selling later. Um, so the ref is distracted by Adnan. Slaughter hits Duggan with the two by four, goes for the pin, but it's like the cocky, like foot on the chest, pin. And you know how Duggan would always do the, like, thumbs up when he went, ho, Slaughter, Slaughter did a thumbs down. And I was like, fuck yeah. Because anytime, anytime, like, a heel mocks a baby face's, like, taunt or catchphrase or anything like that, I love that shit. It, it always good. It's so good. CM Punk kneeing R-Truth in the face, and while his knee is still buried in Truth's face going, what's up, was, like... Oh, amazing shit. <laughs> Too bad CM Punk um, retired after he, he uh, came back the uh, several months ago on Rampage. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a very, it was a good run. Well, he pooped, his pants, he pooped Again. his pants in the Darby Allen match, and then he was just like, I'm sorry, I'm retiring to go home and be a doo-doo guy. Yep. yep. That's what the CM stands for. It stands for Crap Man. He's the Crap Man. Fucking love CM Punk. Um, spent seventy five thousand on ice cream bars. Um, that was so, dope. That was really cool. Um, so so yeah. So Slaughter's doing like the cocky pin, and like Duggan kicks out at two, but he's all like fucked up because he got hit in the head with a two by four. And he basically spends the rest of the match like Wiley e. Coyote with like stars dancing around his head. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and it's great. Who better than uh, who better than Duggan? Um, but for real, like, I think that's a fine role for Hacksaw James Duggan. Um, Man, Fleury, you want to describe this insane bump, this out-of-control bump that Slaughter takes? You better believe I do. So, uh, okay, here's what leads to this. Sergeant Slaughter takes Hacksaw Jim Duggan's head, and he slams it into the turnbuckles one time. Duggan sells this. A little bit later, Sergeant Slaughter takes Hacksaw Jim Duggan's head, slams it into the uh, post repeatedly, which causes Hacksaw Jim Duggan to get the power of ho and begin a comeback. I don't know the rationale for this. All I can say is it worked. The crowd. Well, it was, you know, it was a Hulk up, right? He, it was, he did a it Hulk was up. Yeah. The dollar store equivalent of a Hulk up. I'm just not sure why getting your head slammed into the post repeatedly gives you the power to Hulk up. 
But for Hacksaw, it apparently works. Yeah. And, like, I knew it was going to be the head ram into the post because he always does that. And I don't... Is the implication that it's, like, he's dumb? And it, like, by slamming his brain, it somehow jolts him into... I I don't know what the idea is. Did you think that the Hacksaw Jim Duggan character was supposed to be an intellectual? Well, I mean... Like, his gimmick is kind of that he's dumb. I I mean, I, I look at it like this. George Steele once... On Tuesday Night Titans. Well, George Steele, yeah, that's... Got electroshock therapy and became smart briefly. And I thought maybe Hacksaw Jim Duggan did the same thing. No, not to my knowledge. We gotta watch some Tuesday Night Titans someday. I know it's not in this era, but we need to watch some someday. It's wild. Okay, so Duggan... Duggan's up, throws punches, and then... Okay, first... I don't know how to describe this bump, but I'm going to try to. Imagine Mick Foley. Imagine, if you will, Mick Foley, only it's Sergeant Slaughter. He (laughs) is thrown from one turnbuckle to the other, runs full speed at it as though he's Bret Hart going to take a front, you know, the, 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 you know how he takes the, the buckle forward. chest bump. Yeah. Instead, he just jumps over the, fu- he does a fucking flip dive to the floor, basically. So he goes up and over and all the way down to the floor. Imagine, like, you know, a, a, a dive onto the pile spot, right? Yeah. It was that, but no pile, just the pretty black mats. You know? And Sergeant Slaughter, who, by the way, was never in the military, confirmed here. Okay. He's over 40 years old. And I know this is like his last big run and he knows it. But yeah. holy fucking Christ, he had to feel that one for the rest of his life. Yeah, that was, it was a ridiculous bump. And that wasn't but, even the only one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He took one out of the ring, just a standard, you know, get clotheslined over the ring. But he decided... I'm going to like scorpion, like my back is going to land on the apron. My feet are going to touch the ground and my head is going to be lying in the ring. And I just was like, oh, he broke his back. Great. Wonderful. Love watching a wrestling death here on the main event five. But he was okay. He turned out okay. He was a survivor of Desert Storm. After all, he was. And then he got his country back. Spoiler alert for down the line. Um, also Jim, uh, uh, no, 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 sorry. That's later. That's later. I'll let you jump back into it. You well, get the better notes. So we've got Slaughter and Duggan brawling outside the ring and then Adnan hits Duggan directly in front of the referee. But like, I guess it's okay because Duggan no sells it. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, whatever. But then Slaughter hits Duggan with a chair for the DQ. Unprotected, so, but not very hard. So. Yes, Thank you, Sergeant an, Slaughter. It was an early 90s chair shot to the head, basically. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, neither of these guys were any good. The finish sucked. This is the main event of Mania. You have to pin Duggan. <laughs> right. Slaughter looks like an incredibly weak champion. This was ridiculous. You can't pin Jim-ass Duggan, you know? Yeah. I thought the match was like sort of smartly laid out again it didn't ask either of these guys to do more than they could and they were both willing to bump their asses off for each other um which you know you get a better match that way um 
this was surprisingly unshitty, I gave it three stars. Whoa. Um, I counted I counted the bumps, by the way. Um, Duggan actually took one more bump than Slaughter, I counted, with a total of seven. Mm. Slaughter did take three gruesome bumps, including the Foley bump over the stairs, which I neglected right. to mention. Right. Um, so I think those should all be multiplied by five, and thus Duggan should have done 18 bumps. Or, in Vince McMahon math, approximately 30 bumps. Correct. Duggan, all of his bumps, they weren't like uh, Valent- Greg Valentine in WWF, you know, like I'm trying not to bump bumps, but right. almost all of them were like, I'm already sort of on my knee or I'm holding onto the ropes. But yeah, I mean, he worked, they, they both worked hard. I mean, okay, Slaughter made this match work. It was not a great match, right. but Slaughter made it, it work. Was, it was like, this I would call kind of a smoke and mirrors match. Yeah. Yeah, a couple big bumps, shitty finish, interference, all that. Yeah. And uh, you gave it three stars, you said? Yeah, I don't on know. The, I liked it. it yeah, you on know, the Crown Mind scale. I, I like Jim Duggan. Uh, he's, a, he's kind of another cutie patootie. He's like a runner-up for the Tento Award. <laughs> Do you want to guess the uh, Meltzer rating? Negative uh, two. <laughs> No, no, no. He loves he loves Slaughter's bumps, so it's a positive. Rate. Oh, that's okay. He always goes nuts for the bumps. Like the, he'll be like the match sucked, but he took big bumps, so I'll give it a rating. One and a half. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, and then the post I know he hates this Slaughter because Slaughter's bad. He's he's bad by the Dave sitting. You know. You know, Dave's already seen like Liger and and yeah. Uh, you know, Muda and all those guys. I mean, yeah, and they just like this year, or was it last year? I think it was this year. They just put Masawa over Jumbo yeah. in all Japan. So it's the rise of the fucking four pillars, yeah, you know, totally. around this time. So it's like, yeah, he's not going to be super impressed with Sergeant Slaughter at 42 years old or whatever he is. How are they, they going to keep her on the farm when she's seen Carl Hungus? <laughs> what? That's for the Big Lebowski. Ah. <laughs> um, it's an apt metaphor. Um, so then after the match, Slaughter keeps hitting Duggan with the chair and Hogan runs down. This was where it was like, yes, it makes sense that Hogan would run down. You know, I, and I guess maybe that's why you bring him out at the start, but whatever. But then Slaughter hits him with the chair and while both guys are selling, Slaughter, like, spits on both of them and then bails because Hogan's, like, about to get up and kick his ass. Yeah. And then, which I, I was cool with that. You know, doing something extra shitty to the baby face. And then, like, just barely, you know, clocking the Hogan with a weapon and then running away before. That's a good heat builder. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's great. Why was he losing by DQ anyway? Um... And so Hogan, like, helps Duggan back to his feet while the crowd chants USA. And then he drags his friend's half-dead ass to the corner so he can go get a flag. And then he drags Duggan's half-dead ass back to the middle of the ring so he can do this fucking weekend at Bernie's, like, (laughs) routine with the American flag. This was surreal. Yes, it was. What, What do you make of this? 
Uh, it, it's something. Hulk Hogan loves America, and God he damn does. it, he can't help himself. I guess, and they did hurt his friends, which in turn hurts <laughs> his pride, so. I, he's got to be a man. He can't let it slide, so I get it, but, like, I don't know, man. Maybe get a doctor for your friend who was clocked in the head with a two-by-four and steel chairs several times. But regardless. Um, Some, sometimes I'll get, like, a weird, like, thought just crop up in my head where I'm like, what would have happened post-match if we were WCW in the year 2000? And this is a total tangent, but sometimes I just like to think about how weird WCW in the year 2000 was. And I'd just be like, sure. if this match, you know, if it went the way it did, as Hulk Hogan is parading around with the flag, you know exactly what would happen. Because nothing that ever happened made sense. And it would be Jim Duggan would attack Duggan Hulk would Hogan from behind him, for no him. reason. <laughs> for no, and, and then, right. And then he would be like, and I love Iraq too. <laughs> And then he would be fucking Colonel Mustafa. Yeah. Because even he would outrank Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> what would uh what would Duggan's like rank be? Would he his commission? Like Admiral. He'd be an admiral. He'd Less be Air Force. Navy. I don't know. Oh yeah. Well that I mean that's the problem right now is they got general and Adnan, but they don't have anybody taking care of the Air Force or the Navy. I guess they in don't the really World Wrestling them. Federation? Yeah, because like, you got oh, Tugboat, you, you need someone you, you to face like a off. Iraq invasion of the World <laughs> Wrestling Federation? Look, Hulk Hogan is the army. He's got Patriot missiles. His best friend is a boat. You need to have someone who can counter the boat at the very least. And God forbid he calls in Coco Ware. He can Hulk up too. And he's the Air Force. You gotta think about this shit. That's true. I'm just telling you, Cramine, consider it. Um, and it's so okay this, if you cut all this. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I might not. I don't know. This is great. This show is good. Um, so, thankfully, we get a break from all the, like, Slaughter Hogan America America stuff. Regrettably... It's for an Orient Express match, which once again is built all around America's the best and other countries are dog shit. So Mean Gene is, the match is the Orient Express versus the Legion of Doom. Mean Gene is backstage with the Legion of Doom for their pre-match promo. Now, there's the Road Warriors promo, right? And then there's the Legion of Doom promo, right? right. There's an NWA promo that's like animals saying, you know, we're going to beat the shit out of these guys because we're the biggest and we're the baddest. Tell them Hawk and Hawk will say, well, uh, you know, some gross bodily metaphor. You guys are just, you know, turds that we need to wipe off of our butts or whatever. <laughs> ah, what a rush. <laughs> yeah, but that's what it was. That was the formula for a Road Warrior promo. Yeah, one hundred. Yeah, I'm not and bullshitting. It was, it, was. it was great. And but but WWF, right, has to put all their cutesy little shit that thirty years later I'm watching and having to like do reverse engineer to try and figure out what the fuck they're saying. So, so it's an American T 
team versus a Japanese team, right? And again, kids, a whole thing in like the 80s, early 90s in the United States was, you know, buy American, don't buy a Japanese car, don't buy a Toyota or a, or a, a Hyundai or whatever, you know, buy a buy a Ford, buy a Dodge, buy a whatever. Um, don't buy a Sony, buy what whatever fucking dumbass VCRs we made in America. Um, and that's what this promo was. Animal says, I'm sick of people saying America doesn't make them like they used to and we're living proof. And then Hawk says, well, yeah, Japanese people are smart, but we will beat them up for being smart. <laughs> I, I, that was basically what he said. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. Animal refers to the Orient Express as compact cars, which I did not care for. And then Hawk says they may have, oh, what a feeling, which I assume, uh, uh, is that the theme from Flashdance? The, uh, what a feeling, you know, you know that song? Like, I know that song, yeah. Yeah, is it Flashdance parentheses, what a feeling, or am I confusing two things? Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, oh, so what I... I, again, have to assume that that's a reference to, like, a Toyota commercial or a Honda commercial or whatever that was airing in 1991, that they it were was, using that. It was Toyota. Okay, so there you go. I googled it. Oh, what a feeling was the uh, song used in a bunch of Toyota commercials. There you go. Oh, and we'll have some... <sighs> have you ever seen the footage of um, Regis Philbin interviewing the Orient Express? At no. WrestleMania. Oh, we'll get there, sir. Oh. Oh man, let me plant that little that little nugget out there for you, the listener, and you, strenuous man flurry. How how does he stack up to Bob Euchre? It's different. Is it still good? It's entertaining. It's entertaining. No Vanna. You know, Alex Trebek. You know, so still got that, you know, ABC. Primetime game show vibe. So that's legit. Yeah. Um, so I don't know about you, Man Flurry. How old were you when you realized that Mr. Fuji was being odd job? Because, like, I knew who Mr. Fuji was, like, way before I knew anything about James Bond, right? Ah. Uh. So, like, now I go back in my 30s and, like, I've seen some James, I've seen whatever one odd job is in. Is that Goldfinger? I don't remember. Um, but I'm like, oh, fuck, that's why they put him in that outfit. And it's, they just had, like, this dude and they decided to dress him as odd job. Okay, sure. I I can't recall exactly when I figured it out because I, you know, he wasn't really a thing when I started watching right. in earnest. Right. So, I mean, it would have been at some point when I went back and watched Lord Only Knows What. Probably something during one of our many shows through the years yeah but yeah i mean it's very clear when you look at him it's he's odd job he's just being odd job yeah um so piper on commentary he keeps using all these like big meat and potatoes burly stack of beef look at that ham hock metaphors <laughs> to describe the legion of doom and <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like this is absolutely just, like, toxic masculinity, but I only have to tweak my perception of it, like, 1% for it to sound, like, really charming, like, gayness. You know what I mean? Where it's just, like, an adorable, like, sort of, maybe a little overwritten, but, like, oh, right on. 
Oh, man's just a little thirsty. Keep it in your pants, please, Roddy. You know? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I'm working I hard. I, I didn't know where you were going with that one, and it caught me off guard. No, it just, I, I don't know. Because, like, you heard, you caught all of that stuff from Piper, right? He does sound like he's getting very excited about the large men being large. That is for right. sure. Right. He's a body guy. He's a, um, he's a big body fan. And, I, you know, and hearing what I hear from Piper all the time on these fucking shows, well, roll rice and fish, sushi's disgusting, and Sony, blah, blah, you know. I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt here, but it, it's just nice to kind of headcanon it into being like, like he's like Missy Hyatt, but for, but a dude. You know how Missy Hyatt's always like, oh, Sting is so hot. Uh, you mean Tom Zank, the most handsome or man Zank, in WCW. Yes, the, the sexiest the wrestler. The Z-Man, the sexiest wrestler in WCW. The know. winner of the WCW Sexy Wrestler Contest. Not the face. With, not to be confused with the winner of the fucking, like, Mike Rotunda Burger King <laughs> Poetry <laughs> Contest. <laughs> Uh, man, you know, like when WWF is really bad, it's it's it can be fun. But WCW, even when it's good, always has something really funny like this shit in the shows we watch. Yeah. Even when it's a good show, it's like you still will have Junkyard Dog say that he's going to fuck Jim. No, not that he's gonna, that he did fuck Jim Cornette's mom. That he dropped out of school <laughs> and fathered his illegitimate child, Jim Cornette. Incredible shit. Uh, that man shall inherit no lands. Yeah. As a bastard. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's Middle Ages. Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> um so <laughs> um so at one point. Uh, they do like a double back body drop on Pat Tanaka and he does a full oh 630. Yeah. Or whatever it twist. is. He did a sky twister press. It was it was insane. <laughs> yep. If, if he had launched like off the top rope and done this, I would have been like, this would have been perfectly in place in like a modern, you know, like New Japan junior heavyweight match. <laughs> like this was yeah. this was crazy. This was the best wrestling on the show by miles. Yes. Like, I mean, uh, obviously, right? But then as I was typing that, Fuji threw salt in animals' eyes. So it goes. Um, But then Animal gets the tag. Hawk runs bonkers. Animals' eyes magically heal. Uh, And then they hit their move, which Vince McMahon will not mention by name, and they win. I give it four stars. I really liked this. It was just a lot of fun. The Orient Express are a really good tag team. Yeah. And so are the Legion of Doom when they have good people to feed them. Oh, yeah. And this oh. wasn't like, like, you think Legion of Doom and it's like, oh, they're going to like run in there. It's going to be like 60 seconds and they're going to squash these geeks, right? Right. Like if that's the optimal Legion of Doom match. I don't know, man. This right here was pretty, what was this, like six, seven minutes? It wasn't yeah. long. Apparently five minutes, 11 seconds. Great. (laughs) Because it wasn't just a squash. Like I said, there was back and forth. It was mostly, you know, Legion of Doom winning. Yeah. But um, 
I don't know. I liked it. I'm going to guess Dave gave it like three. Three and one quarter. Three and a quarter. Okay. And yeah. I, I mean, I know that, that uh, times change and everything, but man, I can't even imagine a five minute match getting a three and a quarter star rating these days, but. You know, oh, I could. If it's wrestling. good. If it's really good, but I mean, like, yeah. this match. I mean, if can... it's like, if it's like Ishii and fucking Brock Lesnar or whatever. <laughs> if it's just two guys beating the shit just out of each other for five each minutes. each other in the Tokyo Dome, that's like a four-star match. Easy. It could, um, it could be. Um, I, I like this match. This, this like, uh, Paul Diamond is the guy who is, what, what do they call him in this one? Is he Kato? Yeah, I believe it's Kato. He wears the mask now because the other guy they they either got rid of or he retired or whatever. No, I thought it was always this guy. No, there was someone else in the Orient Express at first. Well, because um, by WrestleMania, I'm pretty sure it's Tenru and Katao. They get like actual like Japanese stars. Wait, they they brought it. Oh, I know that they show up, but they don't show up as like the Orient Express. Man, do they? I'm pretty sure that's who the Orient Express is at Mania, and oh. who gets interviewed by. Regis Philbin. Wow. And this would have been after he left All Japan and formed SWS. Um, I don't know when Regis Philbin's All Japan run was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, what my God. Um, so uh, the only thing I want to say from that match, and yes, for five minutes and 11 seconds, really good match. The Express are great, and Legion of Doom, like, their match is basically just, we win, we win, we win, heel throws salt in their eyes, they get beat up for a minute, and then they win. And that's fine, because they do cool, they at least do, like, cool power moves and stuff. The only thing is, uh, the, the Orient Express got bumped outside, and Animal was in the ring. And I do this every time, because I watch so much goddamn wrestling from today. In my head, I just went, Animal's gonna do a dive. Animal didn't do a dive. But I expected Animal to just bounce off those ropes and do a fucking tope. Maybe next Alas. time. Maybe next time, Animal. Um, can confirm, by the way, that I do not see the Orient Express listed on the card. Uh, but Tenru and Katow do have a match against Demolition at WrestleMania. I wonder if they get time. That would be a pretty fucking good match. Would you like me to answer that? Yeah. Also, remember that this is Demolition Crush. Oh. Not right. Edie left. That's right. Yeah, Billy Edie's out. Uh, so we'll get there when we get there. Um, any other notes on this match? None for me. Okay. So, then, man, this, this shit gets wild. So Mean Gene is in the ring with the esteemed president of the World Wrestling Federation, the Honorable Jack Tunney, first of his name, King of the Andals and the First Men, protector of the realm, titles, titles, titles. Middle Ages, baby. That is that is actually from Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Mean Gene, you know, Mean Gene does a lot of great preamble, which he's really good at, right? Mm-hmm. Well, of course, we all know Sergeant Slaughter is defending the title, as we just saw. You know, he retained the title. Uh, but, of course, what we all want to know is who will his opponent be? Could it be Hulk Hogan and everybody pops? And, you know and... you know what's really astonishing is, yeah. like, a lot of uh, people, you're a good mimic at doing, like, an impression of them. 
And in this one, you don't sound like Okerlund, but you have his exact inflection, the way he goes up and down. So he, so this is something, and okay, not to be too like, ooh, a theater guy, whatever. And I actually have a note about theater stuff later. We'll get there. Um, mean Gene's articulators are out of this world good. If you ever hear the way he says WWF mm-hmm. or WCW, w, like it's... It's mellifluous. I like, I don't know. I get that I am more interested maybe in the nuances of like pronunciation and diction than the average pro wrestling fan. Um, but it's kind of like trying to sing like Freddie Mercury. Wow. Like you just, you just don't do it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just geeking out about Mean Gene, but, um, but thank you. I, I enjoy uh, getting into character and doing these little goofy things. Like, Dusty Rhodes talking about how the men and women gonna get funky like a monkey <laughs> on Saddam Hussein, if you will. It's just fun. It's a good time. Um, so, could it be Hulk Hogan and everybody cheers? And, you know, the Warrior definitely deserves a match after the fucked up finish at the Rumble and Duggan just won a match against the champion, which, like, he said that, and I was like, no, he did Oh. Oh, yeah, he did. That's a mm. W. That's a W for Jim Duggan. And, like, that's right. Does that, but does that count? <laughs> like, I don't know. I guess now I'm getting too in the weeds about the, like, the lore of, <laughs> of, like, how these WWF decisions are made. Um, you know, so he mentions Hogan, Warrior, and Duggan, and then he says, and Savage, you know, Slaughter already made the promise to, to the Macho Man, so who is it? And Jack Tunney, like, does his best to milk the announcement to get the best pop possible, but this dude does not have a flair for the dramatic. No. Like, at all. He's not a great talker. Like, he is in a way, and we'll get there when we get there. But basically, he says... Sergeant of Slaughter's opponent at in Los Angeles at WrestleMania will be Hulk Hogan. He says it with more fire than that, right? He says Sergeant Slaughter's opponent will be Hulk Hogan, right? And and everybody cheers because it's Hulk Hogan. But the pause, like in my notes, I wrote dot dot instead of dot 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 because he did not <laughs> he did not pause long enough. Right, he did not <laughs> properly pause. It was the exact wrong like. And here's where I sit in my director's chair, right? You can play it two ways. You can either pause to milk the excitement, but you have to pause long enough for, like, the excitement milk to come out of the excitement udder. Right? (laughs) You have to... But, like, you you know what I mean? You You gotta actually, like, do it long enough that the audience goes... Just say it. You got to make them think you're an asshole just a little bit. And then you say Hulk Hogan's name and they like you again. Yeah. He didn't quite have that. Or you could have just been like the, you know, uh, sort of officious, like bureaucratic, you know, type guy, voice of authority guy, and just say Sergeant Slaughter's opponent at WrestleMania will be Hulk Hogan and let everyone go ape shit either way. So... You know, one to grow on, Jack Tunney. Um, I like him as the, like, behind-the-desk dude. Mm-hmm. You know, doing the, like, well, we found out that uh, 
We we had been told that Jake Roberts' snake had been devenomized by the lab. You know, I love that shit. But him actually, like, in front of a live crowd did not work. Did, did they ever have uh, Sashi Shinma do any, like, proclamations back when he was supposedly the uh, head of WWF or president or whatever the fuck Who? it was? When was Isashi, that? Sashi Shinma. He used to be New Japan's guy. Um, like, legitimately with uh, Noki, I believe. Oh, I have no idea. That is a and name then, I have never heard, so I would not know. And then I think the answer is they never had him do it. That sounds about right. So, okay, great. Hulk Hogan's the number one contender. Everyone is, for some reason, surprised and bully. So we get Sean Mooney backstage with Slaughter, who cuts another Slaughter promo, and he says, Hulk Hogan, you've never faced anyone like me. I will stoop to depths so low that the pukamaniacs you'll never see it have never seen before and you have no taste for battle so you'll never know the taste of victory and he says some more militaristic stuff and he says and that's an order and i kind of liked this except this is the point where he this is the closest he comes to like mentioning hussein or iraq or anything is uh when he refers to hogan as an infidel mm, yeah. uh that's when the dog whistle became kind of like just like a normal like a gym teacher whistle, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Didn't care for it. Didn't care for it. But I, as far as the like, I'm like an evil drill sergeant. Uh, again, absolute mid card gimmick. But like, he's going for it, and and I kind of respect that, you know. Um. This isn't money. There's no, no money here. There's no money here, right? This isn't like a put asses in the seats promo, but as far as just like, oh, I'm playing a character, I don't know. I kind of liked it. Other than the infidel line. His just his promos with the flat delivery, the, the same cadence, everything. Well, that's because, you know, that's a military thing, right? I mean, I guess he wasn't even in the damn military he could make it good but neither was tom hanks and everybody fucking saw saving private ryan you know like whatever (laughs) he's playing he's playing a gi joe character but now the gi joe guy is just wearing he's just waving a different flag my my take this whole promo especially was like just project with your diaphragm a little bit bro you're gonna fucking blow out your vocal cords Cause he sure. just keeps going like this, puka maniacs. Yeah, but that's a wrestler thing, right? Like we were just yeah. talking about Bill Eady. You know, well, uh, Tito Santana. Like he, his voice scares <laughs> the shit out of me. His voice rules. It does. <laughs> it does. Don't get me wrong, but um, <laughs> fuck, I do love her. But you're right that. There are a lot of wrestlers where, like, their promo voice is just like, like, how do you do that? So we're back in the ring with Hogan and Mean Gene. And he name drops all the mil- I went to this military base and, and the Joe Schmomajig military base in Kansas City and whatever, whatever. And 
families of all and i went to visit the families of all those people over there fighting for our freedom and then he goes over he goes on to say that the little hulkamaniacs know why their moms and dads are over there and it's like dude you just demonstrated you don't know why they're over there as evidenced by the fact that he said he used the phrase fight for our freedoms three times in this promo and then a fourth as i was typing that sentence in my notes <laughs> Four times he yep. claimed that they were over there fighting for our freedoms, not our political or economic interests. As and if somehow Iraq invading Kuwait, I'm yep. not saying it was good. I'm not saying I agree with Iraq invading Kuwait, Brian. But like, like I believe that when the Nazis were done with Europe, they would come after us, right? Sure. I do not believe Iraq had that capability. They didn't, they didn't, but they did have Sergeant Slaughter. It's true. And he was already making great strides. He won the most important title in all of combat sports. That is true. There was no UFC yet. So it's it's called Domino Theory. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever heard of it. <laughs> Fuck. But, and, and I mean, like, the Kuwaiti people are not even mentioned it's they don't even think to be like our brave Here's soldiers this are, is like actually about yeah right it's not like our brave soldiers are there to try to liberate the kuwaiti people they're putting their lives on the line for them they're innocent nothing like that it's just they are fighting for our freedom by right. doing something that literally literally will not affect us whatsoever any which way right but there is if we do this we will keep gas prices under $2. So nothing we can do but go. Basically the implication, really. That uh, was basically the implication of like 20 years of American foreign policy. Hey, come on now. Let's not stop there. Let's I'm say sorry, 50. Things. Let's say 50 <laughs> at least. Yeah. At least 50. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, then he, this was probably line of the night. He says that Sergeant Slaughter wants to fire Scud missiles at all the little Hulkamaniacs. And, <laughs> and I will, I'm going to like clothesline them out of the sky with my two big Patriot missiles. And he does his fucking Python flex. And then he literally leads the crowd in the Pledge of Allegiance. After the Pledge of Allegiance, after how 10,000 people in an arena or well 400 people or whatever in a high school gym however many millions watching at home all <laughs> swore an oath <laughs> effectively to hulkamania let's be real right like let's let's not sort of dally with uh, with the subtext here um and then hogan poses in the ring while they play his music and then Vince and Roddy wrap up the show. And that's that our it. show. That final everything from when Jack Tunney was in the ring to Mean Gene to, to the fade to black disgusted me. <laughs> it was so awful. For, for context, the last main event you and I watched, as in the show called the main the event, main event yeah. was the one where it was Hogan versus Savage with um, James, James Buster, Buster Douglas. Douglas as the special referee. And the whole show was built around James Douglas being Hulk Hogan's friend, yes. culminating with them talking about going out 
drinking, to which Mean Gene Okerlund, in the irony of ironies, was like, drinking, you, oh, you can't be serious. James Butthole Douglas said, yep, I'm a buttermilk man. He's a whole milk man. Because, you see, they're going to go drink milk. They would never but drink also, alcohol. Like, how are you going to drink whole milk and keep that physique? I mean, I'm not an expert, but that's a lot of fat, right? Like... It, it is a lot of fat, but it is, I mean, that is legit something bodybuilders back in the day before it became, you know, became a total like science experiment. Yeah. Uh, did do is they drink, you know, because they need a lot of calories and shit and milk is, goes true. down easy and has protein, you know, naturally in it. Yeah. They drink it or they'd mix it with protein powder. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. But, th you know, that show ended with the fake wholesomeness, which is on its face ridiculous, but you don't mind it. Because it's two guys, undoubtedly, who like to have a little a little soda pop every now and then, still dancing around it and pretending that they're going to go drink milk. This show ended with the, 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 the fake wholesomeness deal with leading an entire arena in the fucking pledge. It was cloying. One of these things is, like, totally inoffensive. The other is, like, totally fucking jingoistic it's horrible yeah um it's it's the thing of like okay my essentially my final note on the show is this was heaps of like fun wwf early 90s bullshit yep but imagine being from literally any other country on the planet and watching this Right. Yep. Like, like imagine a documentary about a country where like every morning they make the children get up and swear an oath to honor the country's flag and uh, fucking Hulk Hogan is their king or whatever. <laughs> you know, just imagine. Imagine this being your like glimpse into the world of 1991, you know, yep. in the United States. Um. I gave the show a C plus because I enjoyed is, it. The matches were all fun in their own way. You know? Yeah. This uh, C plus. But, uh, like, everything else was bad. Everything else was yeah. awful. Yeah. This didn't, this didn't even have like the really so bad. It's good promos or the, you know, legitimately good promos for me. So it's just, I didn't enjoy the show, but at least it was only an hour. Quickness. Yeah. Brevity helps. Yeah. yeah. So you get you get your fill of bad shit and some okay shit, and then and, you're out and, the fucking door. And these WWF shit, like, I will watch an hour of WWF programming from pretty much any point in the 1990s. You stick 60 minutes of WWF programming in front of me from the 90s, I'll, I'll muscle through it, even if it sucks. Because these shows are just watchable. They you are. Know, they go down smooth, like Hulk Hogan's whole milk. Is that with a W or without a W? You mean a mean gene W? <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm just wondering if it's whole milk or Hogan's special whole with no W milk. Oh, man. You never know. That must be. Wow, that must be what he meant by steaming and creeping. <laughs> <laughs> For, for those who don't know what we're talking about, Hulk Hogan literally once uploaded a video of him in a hospital room, uh, in the hospital bathroom, taking a shit. Because he, okay, 
my understanding is that perhaps he thought that he needed to document it. <laughs> Otherwise, the doctors wouldn't believe him and wouldn't let him leave. Maybe. That's like the benefit of the doubt that I am willing to give Hulk Hogan. Right? You yep. know, these walls were yellow. Um, yeah, this was like a thumbs in the middle show. It was short. It was fun. But it was also like offensive in every way possible. So. <laughs> um, yeah. Awards? Yeah, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna have to wrap it up soon. So yeah, let's jump to the awards. Let's hit these awards. Who's your who's your most Virgil player on this My show? Mo- Ooh, not most a tight f- you know, not a tight field here. I have mine, I think. Mm. I I feel like I'm missing someone obvious, huh? Uh, I just realized who it is. Dino Bravo. Sidekick to the heel. He doesn't really do uh, anything. He gets beat up by Hulk Hogan. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. The person who most exemplified the qualities of one Virgil was yep. Dino Bravo. I I can't see who else. Cosign. Not, e- not, not even close. Yeah, yeah. Um... Who is your most vicious player? Your MVP, <laughs> your your positive. <laughs> is that for Sid? Yeah. He did he did win MVP a lot, didn't he? He's the best. <laughs> he's this brief window of cuz he's going to leave WCW soon and go to WWE and he's just going to suck shit and it yeah. breaks my heart because he has been so fun in WCW. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, who was the most valuable player on this yeah. show? I mean... <sighs> I f- so I feel like the... Like, like you're starting pitchers, right? Yep. Are mm-hmm. Hogan and Slaughter, because they were all over this show. Well, it sure as shit ain't Slaughter. I think you could make a case for Slaughter. Can I, can I give it to Tanaka for taking a fucking... <laughs> Sky a uh, Sky Twister press bump off of a backdrop. You can give it to whoever you want. Yeah, I, I feel like you have to go with Hogan. Yeah, they he, asked a lot of Hogan and Slaughter. Yeah, and I feel like Hogan mostly came, Hogan came through. Like the material he was given was dreadful, but he everybody was cheering. Everybody went gaga for him. His value was obvious on this show, so I think, yeah, I think it's got to be him. I do, too. Yeah. Okay, so we've got we've got our MVP and our other MVP. Yep. Uh, we got to go with who's the cutest. The Tenta <sighs> Award. Like, the cutest moment was definitely Earthquake and Tugboat laying on the mat together. <laughs> ride, ride, riding off to, to sleepy, sleepy Town. Taking the Dreamland Express. Um, I gotta give it to... I'll give it to Tugboat. I was gonna say, we can give it to both of them, right? Joint award? I think... Yeah, but I think Tugboat just barely edges him out. Mm. Just barely. Yeah, I can't can't come up with anybody else. It's gotta be Tugboat. That's gotta be Tugboat. Right. All due respect to... It's always tough when someone else wins the award named after someone when the person is on the show you know what i mean yeah it's the tenta award for cutest wrestler and like it goes to his opponent in his match but whatever and that's why they wound up teaming together later on oh man 
I'm so excited for how cute this tag team is going to be. <laughs> All right, who's your uh, can you? What's the Blassie Award again? The classy Freddie Blassie uh, Hollywood Fashion Plate Award for sartorial savvy. There you go. Yeah. So Best who was dressed. the most sartorially inclined? So my nominees that I was able to come up with were like, okay, so an honorable mention, like Jimmy Hart had another airbrush jacket, which is cool. Mm. But I think ahead of him, I have to give it to uh, Roddy Piper for his, you know, um, uh, uh, what's his face there? Oh, my God. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Jurassic Park with the with the buttons open. Mm. Right. Was that from yeah. Jurassic Park? Yeah. I believe um, so. Yeah whatever but you know just look at my look at like my chest hairs look with his button shirt and denim jacket um and then the kid with the bart simpson shirt in the crowd i think i would give it to piper because this was absurd <laughs> like he, he the sequence good. of choices the sequence of choices that had to be made for that outfit were were something else yeah, very, very impressive, that man. I think, again, I think we're in accord. I can't come up with anybody else. Yeah. This was not this was not the hot look express, but that's what happens with an hour-long show. Pay-per-views is where people bring it. That is true. Okay, then we've got the... You know what? I like doing the Gibson Award last. So cool. the least valuable player before that. Man. Again, not a whole hell of a lot of options. Right. Dino Bravo didn't do anything. So he's yeah. Virgil, but he didn't he wasn't detrimental really. Um who sucked the most? Jack Tunney, maybe? I was kind of thinking maybe. He didn't milk the pop for all it was worth, but like Piper. Oh, yeah, Piper. Piper. Yeah. Piper. Yeah, boom, with all the fucking racism and stuff. Yep. Yeah, Piper on commentary. Easy peasy. Yeah. And then my favorite award, one that you came up with, the uh, Robert Gibson Award for not the main character. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> sometimes there's overlap and sometimes there's not with this award, but who's just along for the ride? Like uh, it's hard. It's it's hard for me to say Dino because not it's not in this film. Yeah, it's it's not like Earthquake is Ricky Morton, you know? Part of what makes Gibson Gibson is that his tag partner is like the best baby well, face in the fucking world. Does it have to be someone who appeared on the show? I I would think so. Cuz you know who, who you came, Well, you know who comes off feeling like an extremely not main character warrior is the fucking ultimate warrior. Yeah. Look, after after spending a year as the main character, he was such an afterthought. And I get that, like, this show, they only had time to build, or they chose to only have time to build the slaughter stuff. Mm -hmm. But Hogan, or uh, uh, Savage and Warrior were such an afterthought. Big time. On this show. Um, if it has to be someone who was actually on the show, I have no clue. You know what? I think it should be Warrior simply because, like, even when they did the will it be Hulk Hogan? Will it be Jim Duggan? Will it be Warrior? Warrior, and maybe it was Okerlund's delivery. He didn't line up for, you know, people yeah, for the pop yeah. or whatever. But no one reacted when he said Warrior at all. And people True. damn sure reacted to Duggan, you know? Yeah. 
So I think it's him. Congrats, Warrior. You are Robert Gibson today. Not the main character. (laughs) All right, Cramine, why don't you tell the people what's coming up on the next episode of Immovable Objects, colon, a classic wrestling podcast. So we've got uh, WCW Wrestle War 91. Uh, So we're looking at, this must be February 24th of 91. And... um, We're still sort of wrestling with the idea of whether we want to just review half of it because it's a full pay-per-view card um, or, you know, just do it all in one go. We haven't decided, so bear with us. But here's the card. We got Ricky Morton, Tommy Rich, my favorite, and the Junkyard Dog versus the Big Cat and the State Patrol, uh, which is James Earl Wright and Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. Uh, We have the late, great Bobby Eaton versus Brad Armstrong, uh, also unfortunately deceased, I believe. Um, uh, That ought to be a good match. Should be. We have Itsuki Yamazaki and Mami Kitamura versus Miki Honda and Miss A. Uh, That could be good. Yeah, this is not not an all-Japan women match, though, I don't think. I don't know who they would be working for, though. Well, yeah. we'll probably find out. We'll find out along with all of you. A little nervous week. about Dusty's commentary on that match. Oh, boy. Is yeah. he on commentary? God damn it. Yeah, it's Dusty and JR again. Um, match number five, we get Dustin Rhodes versus the Wormball himself. Oh. Mr. Buddy Landell. That'll be good. That'll be good. <laughs> no, it won't. It actually <laughs> might be. We'll like, see. Dustin, I mean, Dustin's pretty good. For for being, you know, kind of green, he's not that mm-hmm. bad. Um, anyway, we get the Young Pistols, no longer the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys. Uh-oh. We get Steve Armstrong and Chasey Smothers versus the Royal Family, Jack Victory and Rip Morgan, uh, who I believe we last saw as the New Zealand representatives in the Starcade uh, Tag Tournament. Yep, he he emigrated, I guess. He lost the O in Jack. He's no longer Jack O. Yeah, he's no longer Jack O victory. Um, We got Terry Taylor, now representing the York Foundation, versus the sexiest wrestler, the Z-Man. Vader versus Hanson, which, Uh. spoilers, ends in a double DQ. So I'm I'm honestly really excited for that. Yeah, this is the match they hyped up by just showing a brief clip of it from Japan. I think all Japan. I'm not 100% sure, but probably all Japan. And they are just teeing off on each other basically as hard as human beings can hit. It's bare knuckle boxing. Yeah, so look forward to that one. Uh, Lex Luger versus Danny Spivey for the U.S. title. That ought to be awful. That sounds like so bad it's good. Uh, Spivey isn't cooked at this point. He's actually pretty good at this point. Oh, all right. And Luger's great. Luger, Luger, this is Luger in his prime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We get the Freebirds uh, accompanied by Diamond Dallas Page and someone I've never heard of named Big Daddy Dink. Never heard of him. According to Wikipedia, is Oliver Humperdink. Oh, okay. I see. So we get the Freebird. Anyway, the Freebirds and their fucking managers versus Doom. Um, what? That could be, yeah, it's for the tag titles. 
they have no idea what they're doing with Doom, probably because uh, Butch Reed keeps refusing to lose the belt. Well, <laughs> stay tuned, man. Flurry. I, um, I know they're not long for this world, this tag yeah, team, but yeah. yeah. And then we get uh, the Horsemen, so Ric Flair, Barry Windham, and Sid, uh, and Larry Zabisco. For some reason, Arn is not in the match. Um. Oh, oh, that motherfucker got stabbed. Oh, by What's Sid. What's the matter, Sid? Forgot your Forgot scissors. Your scissors. Oh my god, it's that, that happens thing. around this point, right? Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye on the observers, maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty keep sure that happened sheets. around this point. Yep. <clears throat> uh versus Sting, Brian Pillman, and the Steiners. That match is very good. So that'll be fun. Yeah. What a show. Elite. Do you want to split it? Do you want to split that in two or do you want to do the whole shebang? I'm kinda I could go either way. Um well, I mean if do it to whatever your sensibilities are since you do the majority of the reviews and I just, you know, I, I come in on the margins, cracking wise, making everybody have a big laugh. Sounds so good. you do that bulk of the heavy lifting, you know. Sounds good. Bulk and skull. Bulk, cream and steam. So if you want to do, like, split them in half, we'll do that. Whatever you prefer. Um. Yeah, we'll see when we get there. We'll see when we get, we'll talk about it, you and I. Keep it a secret from the Marks who That's listen right. to our the show. The sheets, the dirty sheets. This is what, here is what we call a rag. It's a dinosaur compared to the internet, brother. All right, so you and I will talk in the intervening time. Everyone, thank you very much for listening here. This has been episode number 11 of Immovable Objects, a classic wrestling podcast. And we'll be back. Same channel, same place. It's on. It's you've got it uploading everywhere now, Crammy. Yeah, we are on every single podcast platform known to mankind. Um, because he's pretty old and he probably doesn't know about that many of them. Mm. Um, but I think we're on Apple now. Of course, we're recording this in August. And it'll probably drop in, like, mid-October. So, enjoy. And, uh, yeah. Wrestling. Wrestling. Well, everyone, thank you very much. We will be back next week. Bye.